Welcome to Infinite Fellowship Ministries where we train believers to know and to pursue God's perfect will so as to yield fruit for His kingdom. Here is a sermon by Bishop Kobanga J.O. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 This is uh, the authorized version otherwise known as King James 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Tongues, the decoded language of the spirit. Part two. You know, speaking in tongues is the only activity in the believer where the spirit has complete control over the individual. When you speak in tongues, that is, if the spirit of God has come upon you and you begin to speak in tongues, by then, the spirit has complete control and there is no flesh. I'm not talking about those who imitate tongues. Okay, I'm not talking about those people who speak tongues that are either solical. I'm not talking about people who speak in tongues that are from the evil one. One thing that the Spirit of God, one thing he does is that when you speak in tongues, he will take his spiritual mysteries and he conceives them as thoughts in the, in, in the believer without human interruption. Hello? Are you getting what I'm saying? When you speak in tongues, the spiritual mysteries that emanate from the Holy Ghost, they are conceived, they are deposited as thoughts within the believer without any human interruption. And then what happens is, the same spirit will allow the believer to speak forth those or these mysteries. That's why we read, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. It has nothing to do with men. It has, whole, it has got everything to do with God. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, as we read, when the believer speaks of these mysteries, what happens is, there is an unleashing of power from within that builds the believer up like an architect would actually build a magnificent tall building. Hello? Whenever mysteries emanate as a result of speaking in tongues, what happens is your spirit man is built up. Okay? Because there is an infusion of power from within. And then, you know, sometimes whenever people speak in tongues, is that they speak the pure words of God that come forth as prophecy. Sometimes, all right? And one of the things you'll understand about prophecy when it comes in its purest form is that it will build up other people. Instead of prophecy building you that is speaking in tongues, 
When you release a word of prophecy by the Spirit of God, that word comes forth with a certain power that builds up other individuals, those who are present in a service such as this, those who could probably be in a house fellowship, and the prophecy comes forth devoid of human corruption. That's why we must distinguish between those who speak the true word of God and those who speak that which is of the devil, those who speak from their own human mind. Because, you know, we live in an era whereby prophecy has been abused. Prophecy has been used as a tool for manipulation as well as also control. But the truth of the matter is that if it is truly prophecy, if it is emanating from the Spirit of God, they will actually be a holy quiet in the heart of a person. Because what prophecy does is that it creates an atmosphere for the recipient to receive the word of truth. Hello? Now, the scriptures that we've read, they teach us that the one who prays in tongues builds himself up. Now, the Greek word for building himself is a word called oikodomeo, which means to build a house or to erect a building. Now, understand, friends, that your life is a house. Where you stay, the estate you stay is not a house. Okay? Your own life is a house. You may live in an estate such as Royal Garden, and then a time comes whereby you move to you, you, you move to you 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 basically move to another estate, isn't it? Now living in an estate biblically is not necessarily you living in a house. Your own life is a house. And it is the only house where number one you do not rent. Yes. You don't rent. That is one house where, beloved, no one will evict you. Are we together? The Spirit of God enables you to be built up, but, and as long as you abide in that house, the house of your life, you cannot be evicted. Okay? That is why the Bible refers to us as believers as the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are living temples. Okay? We know very well in, 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 the, in, 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 in the Gospels of Jesus Christ, whereby he says that he will build his church again, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. When, 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 when Jesus Christ talks about his church, he's basically using a figurative term of a house. All right? And what is the house that Jesus is talking about? What kind of church is Jesus talking about? He's talking about a house or a church that comprises people. Because a church is not a building. A church is where two or three come together in his name. They don't come together in their own name. They don't come together on the basis of reputation. They come together in his name. Our gathering together in this auditorium is what qualifies us to be constituted as a church. And when you come to a gathering such as this, the Spirit of God is there to, to, to discharge a twofold uh, function. The first function is to build us up individually. And that is why when we exercise ourselves in speaking in tongues, we are built individually. And then there is a corporate 
aspect whereby we speak in, 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 you know, in tongues, especially during worship. So what happens is, when, if we are to do that consistently, then the congregation gets built up. So there's a building up of infamy and there's a building up of the individual. Hello? And you know one thing you must understand? When God builds us up, what happens is, is that he increases us. He increases as well as also establishes spiritual virtues in our lives. What are some of these spiritual virtues? The virtue of wisdom. The virtue of love, the virtue of power, the virtue of joy, the virtue of peace, and so on. What am I trying to say, beloved? When you speak in tongues, of course, that in, in, in and of itself indicates that you are filled by the Spirit of God. But the same, same Spirit of God in you, what he will do is that he's going to build you up to the stature where you begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Because you see, the, the danger in which we live in, in our days, is that people have emphasized so much in the speaking in tongues, devoid of the fruit. You can't speak in tongues by the Spirit of God. Not imitated tongues. You cannot speak in tongues by the Spirit of God and then you do not have fruit. Of course, fruit takes time to develop. The very purpose what God, uh, the, 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 that God fulfills in us when we speak in tongues by the Spirit is that he builds us up. And, 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 and at the same time, he increases and establishes the virtues of wisdom. The virtues of joy, of power, of love, of self-control, of peace, of gentleness, and of kindness. So that at the end of the day, you become a balanced person. A person who speaks in tongues but does not grow, does not increase in the spiritual virtues in his life, chances are this person could be imitating the tongues. Chances are this person may have probably received the initial evidence of speaking in tongues but did not allow the Spirit of God to build himself or herself up. In other words, you're not edified. And that was a problem with the Corinthian church. These guys, they were not short of spiritual gifts, but they never ever submitted to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it is a problem that we see within the Pentecostal circles. You speak in tongues, but you're full of hatred. You speak in tongues, but you're full of malice. You speak in tongues, but you cannot forgive. You're full of bitterness. Your tongues could, could have probably orig originated from the Spirit of God. But because of not being built up, what happens is you end up defiling the anointing in you so that your tongues become invalid. What you're left with are empty words. What you have is a form of godliness that denies the power to transform. Now, for those of you who do not believe in, in, in speaking in tongues, I have news for you. It is biblical for all to speak in tongues. But I will not use the word, it is a must. Because when you don't speak in tongues, chances are, whereas you're still a believer, you know, truly saved, there's a certain level of growth you will not attain to. And because of that, you will fall short of bearing the fruit of the Spirit. So we need a balance. You may act like you are bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, 
But chances are, at the time of being tested, you'll fall short. Do you know it is possible to try and apply the letter of the law? You memorize scripture. You do everything that you're supposed to do to the extent whereby you're considered to be a good person. But as far as God is concerned, you're not good. Because God is not calling us to be good. Being good and being bad, it is neither here nor there. God is calling us and you see Jesus says, you shall be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Now, how do we become perfect? When we discover the purpose of God. And it takes the spirit of God to usher you from the place of limitation to the point whereby you begin to embrace the purpose of God, where you begin to pursue the purpose of God. Hello? You know, the purpose of this series is to bring a balance. You know, the Apostle Paul says that each time when you pray in tongues, something from God grows and increases in your life. You must ask yourself, what is it that is growing in your life? What is it that increases in your life whenever you speak in tongues? I dare submit to us that majority of us have not been growing. What you have is just a sound. And that sound in and of itself has not been able to produce the desired results in your life. It is good to speak in tongues, but my friends, you need to grow. How do you grow? By submitting to the Spirit of God as you speak in tongues. Because you know when you speak in tongues, beloved, you're not speaking outside of your consciousness. There's a certain consciousness you have that you reach a dimension of tongues where you understand exactly what you're saying. If it is prayer, you're able to capture what are you interceding. You gain an understanding that is only relevant to you. And the next thing is, the same Spirit of God will begin to lead you. Hello? You know when you tell the Lord, I want to be used of you. I want to live for you. Mold me. Break me. Make me to be more like you. A very, very powerful prayer and declaration. And then you go in tongues and the Spirit of God will say, well, welcome aboard. So the first thing you'll do is that, okay, fine. You want me to mold you. He will take you and he will lead you to the people you don't like. Hello? Watch this. When Jesus Christ was full of the Spirit, the Bible says he was led to the desert. He was led to the wilderness for one purpose, to be tempted of the devil. What happens to us today? We are full of tongues, but we fall short of, of being able to overcome temptation. We are full of tongues, but we are full of bitterness. So which is which? You're full of tongues. You speak in tongues when it is convenient, but the truth of the matter is you're not able to overcome your sinful desires. You're full of tongues, but you're a gossiper. You backbite people. So where is the fruit? When you speak in tongues and if it is by the Spirit of God, you increase in wisdom. And the wisdom of God in you is what will usher you to the place where God begins to work in your life. And how does God work in your life? He does not work in your life in a vacuum. He does not work in your life in isolation of people. He'll put you in a congregation such as this and he will allow the people within the congregation to mold you, to break you and to do everything that you are asking for.
The question is, why don't we allow God to work in us? You collide with somebody, and the next thing, Papa, I'm not feeling well. I'm waiting on God at home. How can you wait on God without fellowship? You know this thing of I'm waiting on God? And it, 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 is, it, is, it is a term that has been abused. It is a word that has been lifted out of the context of how Daniel used it in Scripture. Hmm? Because the Bible tells me them that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And most people are so tired, even this year. We went for December break, but you're so tired. Some of you, <laughs> I look at you and I'm saying, God help this one. This one might not even make it by June. What happens when you're 50? And you'll give every kind of excuse. You'll say that I'm trying my best. God is not asking you to try your best. God is calling you to a place of serving. And this is a year of sacrifice. Hello? You know, the more you pray in tongues, the more your life will rise as a skyscraper being erected by the Spirit of God. The question is, where is your life? You've been speaking in tongues. First of all, your tongues are weak. They've never even grown. The very, very first few, three words you spoke when you got baptized in the Spirit are the same, same ones. My friend, the language changes. But you know the problem with us? We're in a hurry. You speak in tongues as a religious activity. Okay? There's a feedback. You, instead of you speaking in tongues for the purposes of growing, to the point whereby there is also the fruit. As the language increases, what that means is that there is more revelation. And the revelation of God through your speaking in tongues gives you the understanding of areas in your life you need to work on. Especially where human relationship is concerned. Because people who are in a congregation such as this that speak in tongues and are led of the spirit, there will be less strife. You will not have time for offense. You'll have time to grow. That even when you're called out, you'll not judge the tone. You know, most of you millennials, you judge, you know, you judge elders by the tone. I didn't like the tone. I didn't like the approach. And that is how carnal you are. Let me tell you something. When you tell God to use you, when you will tell God to change you, my friend, you, you, you're not obligated to prescribe the curriculum. It is God who prescribes the syllabus for you. So let God be the one, God the Holy Spirit. He's the best teacher, much more than your university professor. Hello? And he knows. He knows very well that because you have asked of these things, he will decide to use whichever means at his disposal. And yours is to see to it that you respond to the dealings of the Holy Spirit. Is somebody getting me? You know, when I was growing up in the faith, I think I've shared with you my story. I grew up in a, in a church where Maisha ilikuwa nimbio. You get born again and you're thrown into the deep end. Hello? Overnights were every Friday. Sometimes, you know, you'd have many overnights. Whether it rains or does not rain, there's no excuse. And you're called out by the, mini, by the senior pastor. But what used to happen, whenever you're called out, much as it would hurt, instead of being offended, you'd go to a corner and pray. You ask yourself, what does the man of God mean when he says that I am lazy? 
And that time, you know, you're asking it while you're in tongues. For hours and hours, and after four hours of being in tongues, you know, in the night, God tells you that it was not the man of God who was speaking to you. It was he himself, the spirit of God, calling you out, calling you to a place where you rely on him and not on your strength. Calling you out of performance to the place whereby you begin to live. So that you're not impressing the senior pastor. You're not impressing any any, any brother or sister in the Lord. You are there to please God. Such Such that the following day when you meet the same senior pastor, there's no offense. First, first, funny enough, he does not even remember that he spoke to you. But you guys, you get offended and yet you think you're full of the spirit. Which spirit? I don't deny you God filled by the spirit of God, but you've not allowed him to lead you. So there's no fruit. And then there are those of you who have shunned the whole idea of speaking in tongues because you're saying it is not for you. Well, is it biblical? It is. So if it is biblical, why is it that it's not for you? Are we to select things that we like in the Bible and exclude the rest? That is being carnal. Hello? Now, as to how you get filled by the Spirit of God and as to how you speak in tongues, that is left to the Spirit of God. It is within His Spirit. It is according to His sovereign will, not man. That is why tongues cannot be the same. They can never. They can never be the same. If you hear somebody speaking in tongues that are similar to another person, those are imitated. Hello? You know, Paul says in verse 18 of the same, same chapter that we read in 1 Corinthians that he spoke in tongues more than all the Corinthians. Now, was Paul bragging? No, he was not bragging. You know, to a carnal Christian, you'd say that Paul was just bragging. Paul was not bragging. Paul discovered something. He discovered that when he spoke in tongues, for a prolonged period of time, he was building up himself. And that clearly shows that there's a personal benefit of, of, of speaking in tongues. You don't do it as a religious exercise. You do it because you want to be built within. You want to be, you want to be infused with power to overcome temptations, power to be able to confront opposition. Because we live in a world which is fallen and there are things that will oppose us. And I can assure you, the things that come against you, you cannot, over, you, cannot, you cannot overcome them by the arm of the flesh. You need an infusion within you that will give you capacity to withstand any pressures of life, to let go of your right to be heard. You know, your generation says that I, 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 de- I deserve the right to be heard. Well, that is relative. In a secular context, it makes sense. But when it comes to kingdom matters, we don't use, the right, we don't use such words as right. You get what I'm saying? Now, let me tell you this. If you want to be hard, because it is good for you to be hard, don't approach it as though it is a right. Approach it within the context of relationship, because, friends, if we have a relationship with each other, we will, we will be able to hear each other. Where we put down every wall and every barrier. And it takes the spirit of God. That's why, beloved, the secret to dealing with certain things that you're struggling with is not complaining and murmuring. It's by going before God and spend hours, not not 30 minutes, hours. You pray until that thing goes off. 
Whenever, uh, that's how I deal with offense. I don't spend time murmuring and complaining. I lie on the carpet of my house for at least, I can even stay up to four or five hours. I can even do that from morning until evening. So that if there's something that I need to capture, I'm able to capture. Because at the end of the day, even the person that I'm offended with, I still need that person. You get what I'm saying? I cannot afford to walk away from certain people. Because I realize something, beloved. The people you shun in your life are the ones you need most. And those that you think you need are the ones you don't need. Have you ever thought about it? Can you imagine somebody that you really, really valued so much in your life? You thought that this is the man until the time when he or she offends you. What happens? And the person you've been running away to, that is the person God is leading you to. With your tongues. But your mind tells you that is the thought of the devil. Okay? You know, speaking in tongues is a secret tool for you to access as well as also to activate realms of the supernatural in your life that you will not be able to do otherwise. There are certain realms, beloved, of God. There are certain dimensions of the spirit. There are certain realms of the supernatural that you cannot be able to access except that you exercise, you make good use of the secret tool of speaking in tongues. Are you getting what I'm saying? What speaking in tongues does is that you basically begin to do what? You activate the reservoir of your identity through your spirit man. You allow your spirit man to begin to work in partnership with your identity, which is basically the reservoir of power, authority, and influence. So that you begin to allow that power to generate itself forth to the point where you are able to arise in your spirit man, so that you are able to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish for God. Because there are things in this work, beloved, you cannot do in your own strength. Even just serving God. That's why sometimes, you know, you can be in church, you are a member of a department, you try to do things and things go wrong. And you know, most of us, do, you, you keep wondering, hey, what's going on? What is going on is not that bishop is complaining. What is going on is that you are in the flesh. Because you're trying to do things in your strength. And it will never work. You know the ministry of the altar? The ministry of the altar is the ministry of the spirit. If the person drumming is not in the spirit, it does not matter how skillful that person is. To those who are unspiritual, the person is playing skillfully and according to key. But when it comes to the holy things of God, the person is off. Same case also with vocalists. So how do we come to the place whereby we address that is by allowing the language of God, which is the language of love, the language of the spirit, to be activated and reactivated in us so that we commune to God, the very mysteries. What are the mysteries of God? The wondrous works of God, the miracles of God, the truths about God, the truths about ourselves in Christ. So it becomes a one thing whereby you're communing with God and God is communing with you. And it is not something you rush. 
Hello? You must understand, beloved. That, the, that speaking in tongues or tongues are a spiritual language. And I told us last week that this is a language of love. It is a, not a language of words. Tongues are a language of love. The love of God and the love you have of God. It is a language whereby you commune from your heart to the heart of God. It is the only language where you are able to raise a cry unto God. That is why sometimes you groan. You groan because there are certain weaknesses and limitations you have within yourself that the only way of expression is by groaning. Someone might think you are possessed, but you are not possessed. It is the Spirit of God in you. You know, let me say this in all honesty. That there is a limit your casual tongue of men can go when it comes to engaging in the realm of God. There's a certain limit that even when I speak in English, it doesn't matter the, the command of English I have, there's a limit I can get to. Because English is limited. Kiswahili is, is, is limited. And you know, friends, a lot of people lack the comprehension that praying in tongues is a code that unlocks the heart of God to man. Because you're speaking the, 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 the very, very language of God. You're speaking the mind of God, the will of God, the heart, the, you know, and the counsel of God. So you're basically unlocking the heart of God so that, he made, he, so, so that his spirit may begin to deposit mysteries within you. And those mysteries are supposed to be decoded by your spirit man. You see, the Bible says no one knows the heart of man but by the spirit of man. Hello? You can never know my heart except that the spirit that is in me discloses you what is in my heart and vice versa. Beloved, the heart of God is only revealed by the economy of his spirit. Okay? And you know, many people desire to enter into the realms of visions. You want to enter, you want to be the kind of person who dreams each and every day and so on, you know. You want to have deep revelations, you want to have encounters, you want to be a man or a woman who, who experiences trances, apparitions and so on. But beloved, let me tell you something. You cannot be able to enter into such realms when you've not engaged in the interactions of the Spirit of God. You can't. Hello? Because, you see, praying in tongues, what it does is that it unlocks your soul. It unlocks your spirit. And what it does is that it fraternizes both the soul and the spirit with the will of God. So you're not just doing a, a religious exercise. Once you become in sync with the will of God, the next thing that will happen is there are certain virtues that will, will be inculcated within you. So that you, are, you begin to be led to come to the place whereby you bear the fruit of the Spirit. That's why speaking in tongues and the fruit of the Spirit are interconnected. You cannot separate. It is wrong to emphasize speaking in tongues only and it is wrong to emphasize walking, uh, you know, um, bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Both of them are together. You getting me? 
When you pray in the language of the spirit, what happens is that you ascend to the level of spiritual consciousness whereby you are able to access the mountains of God. You access certain mountains of God. Now, I'm not talking about a physical mountain. I'm talking about a dimension of authority. A dimension of power, of dominion and influence. I'm talking about realms where you're able to command the impossible to be possible. One of the things that I've known about speaking in tongues is that tongues, have a, they have a capability of enabling you to fetch certain things that would otherwise be impossible in the spirit. Because it is a code that grants you access to the realms of both the soul as well as also the spirit. When you speak in tongues, what happens is you are able to lay hold of certain objects of reality that are factored into your soul as well as also your spirit man. And you know, friends, these particular objects of reality, it's not that they are not there. They've all along been around. They've all, all, always been available for you. But the problem is you're not able to access them. You're not able even to handle them. But they've been there. And that is why Paul says that the person who speaketh in an unknown tongue, what he does is that he edifies himself. Okay? Edifying. I told us to edify is to build. What are you building? You're building the house of your life. You're constructing the house of your life. You're also confirming the house of your life. Okay? Now, there are two facets of speaking in tongues. The first one is that you build yourself up. And then number two is that you also construct your own reality. You build the house of your life, and as you build the house of your life, you're at the same time constructing the reality that God wants you to walk into. You're not, you're not coming up with any reality outside of God. It is a reality that God has already ordained, but God expects you to construct it. In other words, God wants you to live in the reality, not to hear about it. When you receive a prophetic word from a man of God or from a woman of God, it doesn't matter if it's in a church such as this. It is upon you not just to get excited about the fact that God has given you a word of promise. You must construct the reality that you've had. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? You don't just hear about the reality. You must construct it. And the only way to construct it is by ensuring that you push further. Because there are certain things that may not be revealed in that prophetic word. So you need to go further. What does God mean? when he says that I'm going to be an astute businessman. So you go in tongues for hours. And then more and more, you know, intelligence will come forth from the Spirit of God. But many times, you know what happens in some of you? You come to Bishop, I want to know my purpose. Okay, Bishop reveals to you. And then you go fold your arms. After six months now, Bishop, I don't know why is it that God spoke to me, but I'm not growing. The problem is not Bishop, the problem is not God. The problem is that you're lazy. You're just lazy. Let's tell each other the truth. You are lazy. You think that by praying for five minutes, you'll push certain mountains. 
by speaking a few syllables that you call tongues. And you're still full of bitterness. You're full of unforgiveness. You are jealous. You, you know, you're full of envy. You even fast and pray, but you've not changed. Hello? You know, fasting and prayer is a spiritual discipline. But if after fasting and prayer, I am still full of bitterness, I'd rather not fast. I don't know about you, but I like to be real with myself. I don't believe in, pre in pretense. If it is not working, it's not working, and I must find out why. If it is in the Bible, I must ask myself why. Because the truth of the matter is that the problem is not the Bible, the problem is not God, the problem is me. And how do I figure this thing out? By going to God in prayer and in worship. Sometimes even apart from praying, when I worship God in tongues, things that I could not understand, I get the answers. I don't wait for a Sunday service such as this to pray in tongues. And when I, when I begin to speak, there's no oil flowing in me. It's just dryness. Hello? You people are so quiet today. It's, it's, it feels like Bishop is calling you out. Hmm? This is a year of sacrifice. And let me tell you, it is just, you, know, you, know, you know, if you're still in the flesh, you begin to think that Bishop is now interested in our money. You see, that's where you get it wrong. You can give your money, but your heart is not in it. As far as God is concerned, you've not given. If you remember the series of money and wealth, it, it had nothing to do with money. It had all to do with your heart, where your heart is. Where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. Now, if you have been able to culture yourself, to plow your spirit, man, to plow your soul with hours of intense praying in tongues or worshiping in tongues, my friend, you'll never get offended. Because when I give myself as a person to God, what that means is that everything I own belongs to him. That if he tells me to give this, I'll give it out. Yeah. He says that, give out that raffle, I will give it. Yeah. I have no problem. Or the Lord says, you know what? I want you to lend Brayo the raffle for one week. There are certain things that he needs to do. And, and Maki Brayo has not told me. He speaks to me. I go tell Brayo, Brayo will get surprised. How did you know, Papa? Then I'll tell Brayo, but you, you should have known by now the kind of person I am. I'll give it to him. Do you know why? Because I am sold out to God. Everything I have belongs to him. That is sacrifice. Sacrifice is not a one-time thing whereby I call you in front and you give an offering. That is not sacrifice, my friends. You're just responding to an instruction, which, by the way, you'll not even live by. Because if you're only waiting for a man of God to call for an offering, my friend, you're not yet a believer. You need to grow. Giving should be part of your life. But you know what, friends? It takes one whose heart has been plowed by the Spirit of God. And one of the ways in which it, that happens is when you go into a time where you pray longer than you can in tongues. Because it breaks the carnal man, it destroys certain appetites that you have, and you become very free. You get what I'm saying? Do you know, a lot of you are, are gifted. 
And I think I've, I've given prophetic words to some of you. But the unfortunate thing is that despite the fact that you are so gifted, the gifts of God in you, they have been dormant. They have not given any form of expression because you have not been able to stab those gifts into functionality as well as also performance. How do you stir up the gifting of God in you? By worshiping and praying in tongues. You know, that's what is meant, is meant in Scripture and it says that you must fan that gift that is in you. How do you fan? One of the ways of fanning it is by praying in tongues or worshiping in tongues. You stir it up such that it gets activated. It causes your spirit man to take you above the natural. And you're sent to places to do that which, humanly speaking, may not be possible. You find yourself giving to the work of God, doing things for God regardless of your circumstances. You'll not be a man of excuses. If I was to ask some of you guys why you came to service, you'll all give me very logical explanations. Am I wrong? Do you remember, do you know the reason why I sent you pictures on Midahalo? Or you guys are just saying Papa was excited. I was communicating something. I was telling you that, guys, you're not here. And you came to my house a while back saying that you're trusting God for this, and I'm wondering how will this person trust God for this when a very simple thing you can't even do. And then, you know, when we come to service, we spend time talking rather than seeking him. So you find that even the things, the deposits of God that are inside of you, you know, those deposits that, were, that, that came into your life either by impartation or personal engagement, you know, whereby, you know, the, you, you know impartation can also come via association. Those deposits... They have not been activated because you're too lazy to activate them. So you can spend 20 years waiting for something that should have happened a month after you received it. Is somebody getting me? Hmm? You know, beloved, when you start praying in the spirit, there's a certain anointing that begins to flow in you. Okay? The anointing of revelation begins to flow in you. For those of you who are scribes, you know, scribing is not just a skill. Scribing requires an anointing. Whereby you, you, you begin to jot down things by the inspiration of the Spirit of God, when people read them, they don't just get excited on social media and move on to the next. Because millennials and, 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 and Gen Zs, they get excited about the next thing. They're like toddlers. You know, a toddler will watch a cartoon and then get bored or get distracted by something else. You know? You take a toddler to an animal orphanage, then he starts asking, Nambona uhi lion and amekaju ya yo miti kwa nini? Tone tone animosingine. You know? 
Na mbona huyu jirafa kwa mrefu hivi na anakula nini? Twende tuone animals zingine. Within a short time we've cleared the entire animal orphanage. And unfortunately, I say with humility, a lot of Gen Zs and millennials behave like toddlers. You want the next exciting thing. In the things of God, it is not about excitement. It is about growth. Nothing is more fulfilling than growing up. Being excited does not make you grow. And there's nothing wrong being excited. You must understand, beloved, if you are able to do certain things despite your inadequate understanding, there are a couple of things you can do. Yet with the limited understanding you have, what about when you give yourself into praying in the spirit? Don't you think your understanding will grow a notch higher? You know, Jude 20 puts it this way. Brethren, build up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. Now, there is what we call faith. And there is what we call holy faith. But now Jude refers to it as the most holy faith, or rather your most holy faith. Your most holy faith is not normal faith. It is not just holy faith. It is most holy faith. Now, this country of faith can only be accessed when a man builds himself up praying in the Holy Ghost. You cannot build yourself in your, in, in, in your most holy faith by just praying in the normal language that you normally pray. You pray in the Holy Ghost. Hmm? The word most holy, faith, is, in Greek it is known as, the, the, the word that is used is hagios. Now, hagios means a rare kind of faith. Okay? It is a sacred faith. Because every one of us has got a measure of faith. All right? Jesus talks about you having a faith as small as a mustard seed. That one is possible for all of us. But the kind of faith that Jude is talking about is not that faith that is as small as a mustard seed. It is a sacred faith that comes forth by reason of you praying in the Holy Ghost. And that is, how do we pray in the Holy Ghost? By praying in tongues. Hello? The Hagios kind of faith is a faith that can only be accessed within the corridors of the spirit. You cannot find it within the arena of the natural. And I dare say that human language cannot take you there. Show me a person who, by praying much more in his human language, has gone there. I told you that the languages we, spoke, we, we speak nowadays, these ones emanated from a fallen civilization. That is why you can tell somebody to pray for hours in English, in Kiswahili, and in Luo, and you can rest be assured the person will have exhausted his or her language. That is the truth. But when you go in the spirit, when you go praying in tongues, when you worship God in tongues, you don't get exhausted. Because it is not you doing it in your strength. It is the spirit of God in you. And when you allow him to express himself in you and through you, you are taken to levels. 
and places in the spirit. You begin to see things. You may probably see visions of your family. And you begin to get an insight as to how to counter certain demonic onslaughts that have been directed against your family. You don't come to a man of God for counseling. You take power and authority. You get what I'm saying? You command. If there are things happening in the lives of your children, you don't begin to panic. You get hold of your child and you begin to pray in tongues. You silence that spirit that is making your kid cry anyhow. I tell parents that, listen, some of the things that your children uh, struggle with, those are spirits. To take away your sleep. So yeah, you are worried because the baby is crying. My friend, get hold of that baby. And as you lay hands on that child, go in tongues. As the baby keeps screaming, you increase your volume. As he keeps screaming, increase your volume, my friend, increase. You know, I've been a babysitter of nephews and nieces. There was a time one of my nephews was crying and the parents were desperate. I'd just gone to visit. I told them to hand over the baby to me. Now, you know, when I took the baby, the baby even screamed the more. So the mom wanted to take away the baby from me. I told the mother, relax. Just relax, just sit. I went outside with the child. My friend, I placed my hand on the child and we travailed with the child. The child was travailing himself out of that situation that was bothering me, and I was travailing with the child by infusing something to silence that which was vexing that kid. Within five minutes, the kid was quiet. So you know the parents came to people outside and I told them that we are okay. The child was okay. Just giving you some secrets, parents. Mm-hmm. You know, friends, you see the extent of the calling of faith that is upon the sons of God cannot be prosecuted by the lowest portion of faith that you received at salvation. You know, you cannot journey the multiverse of creation as a son of God, whereby you want to establish the kingdom of God even to the heights of the heavens above, if all you have is the proportion of faith that, has been, that you've been accorded at the time when you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that is why, beloved, you have a responsibility as a believer to build up yourself to host the frequency of sonship that can bear the government of God. Coming back to the Hagios kind of faith, or your most holy faith, as Jude 20 puts it. This is a kind of faith that causes things that have been concluded by the natural realm to upturn and as well as also to overturn. When you pray in tongues, what happens is, is that you wield a level of most holy faith that causes you to become a prince of a creation. Hello? So that you know, everything around you in the flesh, everything around you in your soul as well as also in the spirit, what happens is it comes alive to you. In other words, everything begins to submit to you. In other words, you are able to insist on them. You are able to bend them according to the will of God. You know, there are some things that we struggle with. 
in life that we shouldn't even be spending time whining over. You can turn things to obey God in your life. Hello? You can turn things to, 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 to obey God. There's other things in my family that I got tired of and I said, you know what, I'll not be talking. When I'm called, I don't even answer. I go to God until when I get an answer. Because I realize certain things do not require talking or cancelling. You can cancel people and at the end of the day they become worse. I'm talking out of experience as a pastor. You cancel somebody, you cancel somebody, six months later and it's the same, same thing. So what do we do? We stop cancelling and we pray until somebody changes. Hmm? You know, Paul had this kind of faith, my friends. Okay? And this is, no wonder Paul was able to access the mysteries of the God the way he did. This guy was able to, to enter into the third heavens. Okay? He was able to engage the third heavens sustainably in his spirit. And you know, the Hagios faith, what it does is that it commands the supernatural and it can also bend the natural. Hello? And you can only be built up in your most holy faith when you engage God in the language of the spirit. Not the language of men, the language of the spirit. That's why, friends, if you're not praying, if you're not speaking in spirit oftenly, then you're very far from true reality. So what happens is when you see people speaking in tongues, you get offended. Because you already have a religious mindset that tells you that this is not for me. And it is for you. It is for you. By the way, do you know that when you got saved, you received the Spirit of God? Now, if you receive the Spirit of God, who is in you? Somewhere here. Do you know the language is here? But because of your, because of your, of your faithlessness, because of your, you know, you have got doubt and unbelief and your, you know, wrong understanding of scripture, you cannot flow with the river of God. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. What is the evidence? You will speak in tongues. These signs will follow them that believe. They will cast out devils and they will speak in new tongues. Was Jesus speaking to specific people? Yes. Who are the specific people? Those who believe. If you are a believer, then why are you not speaking in tongues? Because your mind has persuaded you that this thing is not of you. Because of the things that you've seen which have been very controversial about tongues, you've been persuaded that I cannot. The truth is some of you have. There's one of the sons who's in the service today who's, who's never spoken in tongues. I'll not say his name. It's upon him to figure out. I've dreamt four times him worshiping God in tongues. Funny enough, if it, is, if, it, if it is as for the will of man, I don't think this guy would hold a mic to lead, to lead worship because I don't even think he has a voice. I'm speaking humanly. Humanly, humanly, please. Don't start saying now Papa is just judging. Now, you know, I'm speaking humanly. But friends, if it, is, if it is God speaking and revealing to me about this person, I'm asking myself, what the hell is this guy doing? One of the people here who's never spoken in tongues, 
In fact, if I was to tell you who he is, you'd even be surprised. If I was to even tell him in your gathering that he's the one, he'd be very shocked. He'll feel like he has been put on the hot seat. The way millennials speak in politically correct terms. But I've seen him four times. Worshipping God here in tongues. What the hell is wrong with this person? He is not a lady, a gentleman in the service. Do I call him and lay hands? But the Lord said no. It's not going to be that way. Because the person is struggling with unbelief. So I said, okay. There's nothing I can do. Hmm? You know, friends, there are certain doctrines and boundaries and rules that we've inculcated in our Christian work, which unfortunately have made it impossible for us to be taken through the angles of spiritual relevance and contentions of hell. Your doctrine of about tongues, your doctrine about the things of the spirit, do's and don'ts. They make it hard for you to be the kind of a person who can prevail against the gates of hell. Hmm? And, and then you, and, uh, you, you must understand that if your spirit has not highlighted on your consecrations, then they will not weigh much before God. Because, friends, it is only the spirit that can reach the spirit. You cannot use the flesh to reach the spirit. If you're in the flesh, you cannot access the spirit. Okay? You cannot journey by your carnal human diplomatic principles into the heart of Zion and you pitch your tent amongst the sons of God. Neither can you pitch your tents amongst the stars of God. And you know, this is the reason as to why a good number of you, you have the problem of being inconsistent in your spiritual engagements, okay? You either see very little manifestation or, 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 or no manifestation of power of God walking and working in and through your life because you're just contented with the bare minimum. You know, even the level that I've reached, my friends, I still want more. I don't know about you. I want more. I want more. But I look at some of you, you're so comfortable. It's like you've reached. When people got married in this church, that became now the end of everything. The wives got promoted to Maika College. Husbands just became inflated balloons. Whoosh. God in heaven, I should not have said that. But anyway, it's come out. I'm safe. <laughs> but I hope you're getting the point. I'm not bashing people. What I'm trying to say is this, and there's nothing wrong. By the way, when I see men blossoming, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm thankful to God. So men, relax. Wives, you're doing a very good job looking after your husbands, huh? But that's not, that's not the emphasis. What I'm trying to say is this. Why are you so contented with the normal? 
with the common. You're just going through the motions, year in, year out. We are in 2023, and the truth is you've given up. You're waiting for another word. You're waiting for another SOE or summit. You're waiting for Apostle Selman to come so that you can go for his meetings, and you'll come out dry. Hello? You're waiting to close church so that you can go visit another church, hoping that maybe peradventure, maybe I can probably come and fit. Let me tell you the, the truth, infamy. Moving from church to church will never sort out your problems. Hear me very well. Because the things that you think you're running away from are actually inside of you. When you leave, the, you go with them. And, you leave, and, and what you leave behind is revival. The moment you go there, what happens is you have a grace period to settle. And everything will seem fine. And you'll talk ill of infamy until when the Spirit of God says, now we need to pick up from where we left. Character development. So the same, same devils now begin to stir up the environment and you begin to get provoked. And that's how you find many people after moving from church to church, they end up backsliding. That's the truth. What I believe in life is that I don't run away from things. I stay. Because what you do not confront will kill you. And one of the ways of confronting certain challenges you have is that you need to deal with them in prayer. You don't even need the laying on of hands. Hmm? You get what I'm saying, friends? When we speak in tongues, beloved, we are speaking mysteries that we are supposed to decode within our spirit. Okay? You must understand this. You can actually fetch mysteries of God by speaking in tongues. You can fetch revelation. You can fetch divine intelligence and strange wisdom, which is not common to any mortal. When you engage in this dimension of speaking in tongues, and it is not something that you do in 30 minutes, I challenge you, dedicate a day in the week where you do a, a half overnight or vigil, where you're not talking to anybody. You're ministering to God as you minister to yourself in hours where you groan and, you know, until everything that is within you comes out, whatever baggage that you're having. Hello? For those of you who are married, when the babies are asleep, Spend time, you know, just once a week. You don't even need to do more. Just once. Do a half Kesha. Where you're not doing, you're not praying in understanding, you're praying in tongues. You're worshiping in tongues. You can put some music and just go before God. If tears begin to flow in your eyes, let them flow. You see, the problem with people is that people, th some of you think that when you see people crying, they have got issues. Sometimes we cry not because we have issues. We cry because we love God. Yes. We cry because we have a testimony. Yes. But you that is so proud, yet you are you, you possessed, you have got every kind of thing that is bothering you, now make even gumo. And you're busy, very cautious. You're like this. The person next to you is bubbling in tongues. Now I'm checking And you're doing. And there's nothing. You come out worse. 
It would have better if you stayed at home. I don't think I would want that kind of life. I don't know about you people. I mean, what generation is this, surely? You're not fired up. There's a time I asked the Lord, is it, is it me who's the problem? Hmm? I grew up in a church where we were, we, we were on fire, we were noisy. Hmm? Not a church where you look at the pastor like this where you're pretending to take notes, but deep down in your heart, you're thinking about your boyfriend who hurt you, your ex-boyfriend. You're married, but you think about your ex. Yet you're married, your ex. You've not healed. And that ex, Mulikosana, 10 years ago. Hello? You have, you, you, you have a wife who loves you, but you're still bitter with your mother because of things that your mother did. You're employed, you're still bitter with your first employer because of the insults you got. And your current employer is okay. So your current employer is confused. Now, my friends, the only way to deal with our past is let's go in the spirit. Because sometimes even when you speak with the language of understanding, things don't work. Go in the spirit, my friends, just go. And nobody can do this for you. You have to do it yourself. If you're not filled by the spirit of God, by the end of this series we will trust God for you to be filled by the Spirit of God. But it has to begin by you and learning some of the things that you've held on as truth. Okay. You must understand when you, when you pray in tongues, you are opening your spirit and you're, you're uttering mysteries, you're stirring them up within the womb of your spirit. Hmm? Don't pray in tongues to fulfill a religious exercise. Okay? Because, friends, there's a part of this spiritual engagement that fetches understanding and wisdom of the Spirit. One thing that I've realized, when you speak in tongues, you come to the place of potent interactions with God whereby you become spiritually illuminated. Hmm? Don't be caught up in the ecstasy of praying in tongues and yet there is very little or no in interactions. Because of what use would you have doing that except that you're just a loud clashing symbol, just making noise. Shalaba koko solele mazia. Ah, you are a symbol. Very noisy. The moment you bubble in tongues, this, the, what should accompany that is a vibration that creates the atmosphere around you. That anybody who is sensitive in the spirit will begin to sense and know whether there's a word you're dropping without even you knowing that you're dropping a word or you're changing the environment around that person. When you pray in tongues, you create an atmosphere around you. That's the truth of the matter. Hmm? And it is meant for all of us, not for some, but you have to deal with unbelief and doubt and every perceptions that you have about it. Yes, there has been the abuse, I, do, I agree. But just because something has been abused, we don't need to trash it. Hmm? You get what I'm saying? 
there's a, there's a certain kind of light, a light of truth, a light of knowledge and revelation that you only get to access when you pray in tongues. This light gives you understanding of life. And you know, when you have knowledge and understanding of life, you have also wisdom. And you'll apply that wisdom without going for pastoral counseling. Can I submit to you? When you spend, such t when you spend moments of time in prayer, there'll be less pastoral counseling. Do you know I've counseled people in infamy? And even outside infamy. But I realize one thing. Most of the things people, people come to me for counseling, they are things that are too basic. These are things that you can sort out between you and God. Me, I want somebody who comes to me and tells me, Bishop, I have a burden for, for evangelism in my county. I'm just trying to figure out what to do. You know, such things are the ones I want to hear. Bishop, I'm trusting God to raise a band of worshippers. I'm trusting God to reach the, you know, the body of Christ. I need counsel on this. That is, those are the things I need to hear you tell me. I want to start a business school where I can train people to be entrepreneurs. And, 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 and Bishop, I need the Hagios kind of faith. Those are the things I want to hear. Then, you know, we, we say, okay, you want that? Okay, let's go together. Okay? Let us pray. And when we are praying, we are not praying in understanding. Yeah? Are you getting what I'm saying? Hmm? We will go in tongues. You know, we go and go rikando como satande kekia. Danda la matelele masika. Doleli la maya. Ndayande makokozi. And by the time we are through, three hours have passed and God has already told us how. Something that would have taken you ten years in understanding. And still, and even, even after, after 10 years, you've only gotten a fraction, an eighth. Whereas it will take you a short time to get the wisdom by the Spirit of God. Because here you are, you are trusting God for resources, and God is telling you, well, I'm the, I'm, silver and gold belongs to me, and all cattle on a thousand hills. And where are the resources? They're in the pockets of people. So people are drawn to you, and they supply, because you're able to minister to them. But many times we expect things to happen with our arms closed folded like this. Friends, that is not the haggis kind of faith. Hello? Hello. You know, the quality of any believer in the performance of his ordination in God, as well as also this world, is basically or essentially determined by how well this person has hosted God and has submerged his soul and his spirit in the rivers of the government of God. You know, friends, in the realms of the spirit, your soul, as well as also your body, they are the realm that is responded to vibrations. Okay? You must understand, any entity will materialize or gain substantial reality in any given realm when you vibrate at the frequency of that particular realm. 
Friends, the only reason why you and I are able to interact with the realm of the earth, or rather with the earthly dimension, is because we are able to vibrate at the frequency required to gain substance here. That's the only reason why we are here. Okay? Now understand, spirits cannot materialize here. Do you know why? It's because the frequency with which they vibrate is higher than that of this realm. Hello? Now understand that you and I are able to vibrate at greater frequency compared to other animals and other forms of existence in the earthly realm. Okay? You getting what I'm saying? Now, as I conclude, to pray with understanding and to pray in the spirit. Okay? You know, many times people think that to pray with understanding is to pray in your native language. No. To pray in understanding is to intentionally pray in the spirit, which is in tongues, with spiritual understanding or enlightenment. Okay? This is what Paul was trying to talk about, and he was revealing this to the church at Corinth, especially to those who pray in tongues blindly. You know, the church in Corinth was the most gifted church in the whole of the New Testament. And at the height of the, of the operation, operations rather of the gifts of the Spirit in their days was actually the gift of tongues. And you know, Paul was very burdened by the way these guys used to pray in tongues. They used to pray blindly, okay? And, and, and you know, they were praying blindly thinking that they were praying in the Spirit. And unfortunately, that is what we do today. Hmm? In a service such as this, or even back at home, we speak in tongues without any, without any inspiration. There's no inspiration, beloved. We have no understanding of our spiritual blessings. My friend, there's no difference between you and any other animal. We don't pray in tongues because we are blind, we are not cognizant of what we are doing, beloved. No. Paul says, I pray in the spirit and in understanding. When you're praying in understanding, you're intentionally praying with the understanding of your inheritance in Christ. There's got to be that consciousness that you have an inheritance in Christ. As per what Paul says in the Ephesian epistle. Hmm? Your spiritual blessings are stationed within your consciousness. Okay? You're not praying in the language you know. You pray in understanding. Thank you for listening to this audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share with a friend.